Welcome, everyone, to your Loki podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me from the past is Loki Podcast Season 1, Pete. What if I told you the kid from Temple of Doom is going to be in this show one day? It's just another bad day at the office for you. The Loki Podcast by Fantastic Geek for Episode 204, Heart of the TVA, is brought to you by Effervescent Clock Lady Monster Thing, who reminds you, you'll never be him. Pete making our way through the multiverse, at least as long as it exists. Tomorrow we'll be talking Star Trek Lower Decks episode 409 on Star Trek Sunday. A delightful episode that I can't wait to reflect upon. Uh, Meanwhile, Matt, our SAG-AFTRA peeps, continue to talk through the weekend here. Uh, Really uh positive vibes that things are accelerating and perhaps perhaps we can settle this strike pete here's one data point that listeners can just keep in mind okay after these 100 100 plus days of sag after on strike so many actors out there every day on the scheduled picket lines etc etc in all weather on both coasts around the country and so forth in certain centers, it's being applauded that the CEOs are working on a weekend to talk about these things. That's the mindset that sag is dealing with here. That yep. so brave. They're so brave, Pete, to go to a conference room with a catered lunch and with bottled water to talk about work on a weekend. Well, speaking of work, Matt, there are new people at the top of the daredevil show yes some showrunner news some episode director news uh and it's it's all it's all great and it's all clutching what is it clutching uh uh, defeat from the jaws of victory or now they're turning defeat into victory pete who are the people added to daredevil born again now that the show is born again Yes, familiar, of course, to Marvel and Loki Season 2, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, a co-directing team who did uh, Moon Knight and again uh, had an episode in Season 2 of Loki, will be picking up there uh, and also uh, helping out Dario Scardapane. Um who comes over to write. Again, this is all, at the end of the day, this is all good news. I think that we all, uh, there's a certain level of, oh, they fired the writers. Oh, it's the it's the, 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 the car crash of this Daredevil show and of the portions of the MCU I haven't liked in the last couple of years and so forth. Pete, they are improving a product for we, the users, for we, the audience. That is a good thing. I could care less the money that's getting spent to fix this i could care less you know i mean i I feel some sympathy for like oh man costume lady who now made costumes for scenes that are going to be completely cut out and never seen again but at the end of the day give me a great daredevil show and if disney uh and marvel discovered oh there's not a daredevil suit until the fourth episode of born again uh yeah it's time to go back to the drawing board and maybe give us daredevil and daredevil suit thank you very much We've heard all sorts of rumors about what might be kept, 
what was shot, what could be cut down. This has been their process to this point. I think it's been exacerbated by the strike. What we'll ultimately see, we'll see down the line. But Matt, some other news as it connects even more firmly to Loki. Yes, this past week, indeed, on the same day, uh, Jonathan Majors, uh, there was yet another pre-trial hearing. Uh, That trial is now moving forward uh, and and will happen in November. Uh, The UK evidence seems to have played a role in the trial indeed moving forward. Listeners might recall there's been several pre-trial hearings over the last you know, several months, sometimes uh, delays requested by the defense, sometimes by the prosecution. Uh, so that trial moving forward. Also, on the same day, the ex-girlfriend of Jonathan Majors uh, was arrested by the NYPD for her assault of Jonathan Majors. Uh, all of this, the, 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 the same evening uh, the incidents occurred. Uh, though it was already said that the prosecutor's office will not be pursuing charges for her. Uh so a sticky situation uh i think to my mind i'm still not entirely clear of all of the particulars despite having read the news reports um but the takeaways here uh jonathan major is going to trial and the ex-girlfriend not charged with her role in uh, the situation it's not a good situation and now to know that there was evidence gathered from wow majors was filming loki that seems to have pushed this toward a trial and not a dismissal uh points to a pattern so hopefully all the truth is going to come out in court and it'll be properly dealt with but uh it does not look good Let's look into the glorious purpose of this episode. A sped-up Marvel title card. They've really had their fun with them so far this, this season. Leads to the end of time when Miss Minutes explains to Renslayer, he who remains wasn't always alone, and shows her a recording of him and her Uh, from the audio heard by Loki way back at the beginning of season two. Uh, She opens a time door and tells him the TVA awaits their commands. He tells her he'll catch up and calls up Miss Minutes, who asks her boss if he fancies a game of chess. Not today. Instead, he'd like her to pull up protocol 42 and she asks if it's time he tells her to erase Renslayer's memories Uh, she asks Miss Minutes does if he's sure and he tells Miss Minutes to erase all their memories he apologizes before the video ends realizing she'd been there before Renslayer asks if she helped win the multiversal war miss minutes tells her she commanded the army she kept him in this tower he built she did the dirty work and miss minutes proposes they don't need him and maybe never did 
many questions now answered. We get the title card and then go back to the TVA. A time door opens and Timely enters, so obviously a clear link up from the end of last week's episode. Enters indeed the Grand War Room, uh, built with and in his image, but where is everyone? He steps into an empty hallway. There's a vague sense of emergency here. This speaks to the the, the, the visual style that the editors have, a little bit with the sound mix and the music as well. Um, a lot of numbers we're going to chew over in theories, Matt. And uh, somebody with a Looking Back Lost podcast, I'm sure, noticed a couple of them. Well, and I think this this is an episode that, that uh that, that acknowledges a few other properties along the way i think that that 42 jumping out we got some some others that we'll recap in due course uh ultimately timely also sees the murals built to the timekeepers and gets found by b15 loki and mobius arrive as well eager to get timely downstairs for the fix again i think Pete, for as much as we said last week, there was a lot of recap about recapping. Uh, hopefully, we are all, we are all clear here that timely and his aura need to be used. Something that's been discussed for a couple episodes. Uh, he's not sure who to trust, and Loki and Mobius, Mobius in particular, stressing that he has to trust them and they don't have time. Uh, timely notes that he's from Chicago, where no one trusts anyone. Pete, I will defer. Shakeocracy, capital of the world. <laughs> uh, I will defer to Noel Gardner, who perhaps can inform us. I've been to Chicago all too briefly. I can't speak as to the 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 trusting or lack thereof uh, quality of the Chicagoan people, um, but uh, certainly this is writing that's jumping off the page here. Timely says, people want, so many people want him, these folks, Sylvie too, Ms. Renslayer, the giant clock ghost monster thing, uh, all while this room is thrumming with the power of not just any loom, but his loom. Yeah, and he wants to say, uh, the TVA groans, shakes, and the lights flicker. Chrono centers 32, 81, and 7 join some previously announced ones as offline and timely uh asks if that's his loom which loki confirms adding he's the only one who can help them fix it coming out of an elevator together judge gamble asks b15 about general docs being alive and learns she's in holding with the others where they can't keep them forever with an unstable loom on the monitor, uh, Gamble tells B-15 to sit, reflecting how they would have pruned them before. But B-15 told her the TVA has to change now. Gamble says Docs is a general in the TVA and wants to protect it at all costs. It can be her mission again if B-15 can convince her. B-15 doubts she can change Dox's mind, but Gamble points out her words changed hers. It's a small example, but a wonderful example of how this season uh, all the characters have a bit more, perhaps, purpose. Uh, for example, I would be hard-pressed to, to think back to season one, B-15, a great presence, welcome, and so forth, but did anyone ever say, B-15, you have... I'll say secret powers, special powers. I don't mean that in a, in a comic book sense, but you're particularly good at this. 
you need to go do, you know, use your this to go solve a situation. I think to, you know, Casey being used, uh, you know, similarly, but Casey is perfect for the Casey type jobs and OB introduced this season and so forth. Everybody kind of has more to do despite the fact that the, the episode count is the same and the episode runtime is approximately the same. It's just, it's a better season in so many ways. The hot, fresh coffee chocolate soup machine looms as timely learns he built the TVA or will almost him, but not him. He wants to look around some more, but they're pressed for time. Mobius explains once he solves uh, one of many problems, then he's free to wander. Casey and OB still can't get the loom to accommodate all the new branches. As the others uh, arrive and Loki introduces Timely, who knows OB from writing the TVA handbook, but OB says he learned everything from a brilliant 19th century inventor named Victor Timely, who would have been bigger than Einstein if he had the resources. Wait, what did he say his name was again? Indeed, it's Timely meeting Ouroboros. Uh, It noted here that it's like a snake eating its own tail. That's when I did uh, that's when I did DiCaprio pointing at the screen. Uh Pete has pointed out the Ouroboros is a reference to the snake eating its own tail. I do love this this version of time travel where it's this loop that you kind of can't unloop. We're going to get that of course later in the episode. Um I think it's slightly more difficult to understand how this works versus, you know, Marty, 1985, goes back to 1955, makes a change. The change in the one timeline is now the same, but somehow he remembers. You know, like it's kind of easiest to do the the clear, the lost, you know, whatever happened, happened sort of timeline. Uh, this is a Loki show. Of course, it should be challenging us with things like, so who started it, OB or Victor Timely? The answer being yes. Sylvie's sorry to break up the bromance and wants them to fix now and autograph later. OB has a plan, and Casey helps him with the model of the loom uh, and shades of Back to the Future. Uh, yes, this is your Back to the Future quote here, the, the fragility <laughs> of the model. Shoddy, slapdash, not the scale, only one coat of paint, and not carved figures to represent all of them. Uh, and he's further embarrassed that Timely is there to see it. But uh, someone is going to have to take the throughput multiplier down the gangway, load it into the launcher, hit the green button, and launch it towards the loom where it will dock and scale its capacity to manage the backlog of branches that was created when someone killed He Who Remains. Nice uh, visual acting there by Sylvie to acknowledge, hey, it was me, but not say it was me and really concerned timely and ruined OB's life. But there's much more temporal radiation out there than when Mobius went out there before. This is Chekhov's additional temporal radiation. It it is, but it's hidden behind such a familiar 
uh, storytelling tool, especially film storytelling tool, uh, the beginning of Citizen Kane has the newsreel to prepare you for what's going to happen. Beginning of Titanic has the, you know, the, the let, let's look at the computer animation of how the ship sank so you are ready later on. Same thing here. Yes, Pete, there's, uh, we know, of course, it's Chekhov's temporal radiation that's going to lead to the most shocking thing to happen into this show. But in the interim, that's hidden by saying, oh yeah, I've already seen people go out there once with the suit and the fire the thing and the turn the thing. Now that it's being explained in the first third of this episode, I know how it's going to go later in the episode. I have no questions. I have no qualms. That's how the episode will get solved. Uh, at least that's our expectation with the function of this scene. And it's just wonderful. Loki's really going to have to hoof it then, isn't he? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> he, he, it's his turn now? <laughs> Sylvie points out the uh, figurine is wearing a helmet and doesn't look like anyone. OB says it doesn't matter who it is. They just need to be super fast and uh, adds that it's all theoretical because their throughput multiplier doesn't work yet. But timely guesses the loom's temporal decay outpaces their multiplier's throughput uh, capabilities. Casey asks him how he knows this. Timely does because he had the same problem until he made his prototype. Mobius wants to give them space to work and have pie while they wait. And Sylvie goes off at the absurdity of his suggestion. She says he hasn't looked at his real life, has he? And confronts him over not caring about the timelines disappearing and tells him to enjoy his pie. Uh, I think, I won't say that the script that the script is attempting to keep everyone in the story. The script is keeping everyone in the story. I would suspect that maybe this Sylvie scene here is just a reminder, hey, we have Sylvie standing around, time to have her, you know, what would Sylvie say here? And it is a good reminder. We love all the the, the the silliness of this show, but they are fighting for the future of the multiverse and all of that. It's just, it's true to the characters while still being, uh, still being a bit silly. Um, Sylvie walking back as Loki follows, we'll find out that they take a wrong term, uh, wrong turn in a little bit. But not before the story takes us to that that holding room where Brad is questioning Docs and talking to all the all the baddies therein captured. He thinks that if they all put their heads together, they could get out of this situation, go back to their lives on the timeline. He's going to quote Galileo or Churchill, uh, but Docs interrupts him, uh, knowing that he sold out their plan. Has any one of them earned their lives? To this, Doc says no. With that, B-15 arrives. Uh, she's told she has no authority to keep the baddies here. That's not the first time somebody has said something like that. I just mention it because I find it curious. I don't have a theory surrounding it. Just, you did a bad thing, so TVA locked up a TVA person. Again, I don't know if we're building to something. Maybe I'm going to look back and go, that was the key to it all. But regardless, B-15 knows that Docs wants to protect the TVA. B-15 needs help from all the Minutemen here. There may be a fight to protect the TVA from Renslayer or worse. Uh, if you offer help, Doc's team, uh, then we can talk talk about what's next after that. Uh, will you give trust in these people? The feeling, at least from Doc's, is yes. Uh, but, of course, will the Minutemen go for it? 
Pete, take us back to Sylvie and some pie. Well, not before B-15 gives them time to mull it over and says sends D-90 to help Mobius keep an eye on Timely. Sylvie took that wrong turn and wound up in what she refers to as Pie Land, the automat. Loki tells um, her Mobius is just trying to see uh, in the dark like the rest of them. Sylvie admits she could not kill Timely because he looked so scared and he who remains did not. Or maybe he was and she just didn't notice. Loki recaps about Thor's banishment to Earth and his subsequent change. Um, Sylvie has since spared lives. It's kind of a glass half empty, glass half full perspective by each of them here. Uh, And Sylvie wonders if they're wrong and they should just burn it all down. But Loki says that's easy and hope is hard. Sylvie says it's too much hoping, though. He says it's the best option, and she doesn't want to repeat he who remains mistakes. Uh, Loki says it's up to them to protect the timelines now, and she says that whatever they do, they're playing God. Loki reminds her, though, they are gods as he leaves. And the two great lines from this scene, the one you just concluded with, uh, reminding her that they are gods, the other, you know, Mobius is just trying to see in the dark like all of us. I feel like that's one you can keep filed away for the real world. What's the right decision? I don't know. We're all just trying to see in the dark here. But within the story, back to the to the holding room, Brad says uh, that the this bunch will get pruned after helping. He doesn't believe that this is a... A serious deal here. Uh, Docs, however, saying that B-15 has integrity. It's at this point that a time door opens and Renslayer and Miss Minutes enter. Uh, Renslayer saying that she wants to protect the TVA. Docs choose out Ravona and Miss Minutes. Ravona uh, talks about all this chaos caused by variants. Indeed, Ravona uh, repeating something that she said in the prior episode that, you know, here she's been gone for a handful of days and everything is falling apart. Anyone who helps her can live on the timeline if they want. This is clearly a tempting proposition to all those assembled, especially, you know, Docs and Brad who are getting the close-ups. Uh, they pause, uh, perhaps uh, unable to see the bigger picture. Docs doesn't take it, and Renslayer thought she could see the bigger picture and miss minutes powers up that machine in the corner but for the first time doc says she finally is seeing the bigger picture you call him brad matt i call him x5 he asks renslayer to stop uh docs asks uh x5 she calls him here bradley in a moment of connection, if life on the timeline was good before she and the rest of her Minutemen are encased in a contracting cube. Miss Minutes looks on in glee, and X5 can't 
until it's over and he leaves with them he leaves after pausing perhaps evidence of uh, of redemption although <laughs> tell that to all the docs loyalists who just got got smushed there uh this scene also just so much about that look of sick joy on miss minutes part you know kudos mm-hmm. to the animation there we go to Obi's workshop where uh, pieces are being added to the machine. Uh, it's spectacular. It's coming together. Timely uh, spies Mobius drinking a cup of hot cocoa from a hot cocoa machine, if you can imagine such a thing. Um, that the main focus of the moment, even as in the literal background, it's being noted by... Uh, by Casey and uh, and Ob that the diagnostic department is down. Can I see your tempad, Mobius? Sure, we're just going to continue to have an Oscar nominee discussion here about uh, hot cocoa and so forth. Hey, Mobius's tempad is down as well. Um, they're indeed going to head to to get more uh, info on the hot cocoa machine. Yeah, timely being fixated on that and Mobius pushing him off on D90 so he can go see a machine that makes a bunch of things. B15 discovers what happened to Docs and cannot access her tempad either, thanks to Miss Minutes denying access. Timely offers hot chocolate to D90, who passes, but he insists and get, gets him to take a sip, which he really seems to enjoy, before he gets pruned by X5 from behind, dropping the cup on the floor. X5 apologizes and asks timely where the device is. We go back to OB's uh, room, workroom, where the files are being corrupted in real time. Then OB is locked out of the system by Miss Minutes. You didn't do unauthorized games again, did you, Mobius? <laughs> I, I feel like we're seeding that for his his timeline person. Maybe he's got a he he owns an arcade and an arcade that's <laughs> on the water, and at the end of the quitting time, he hops on a jet ski. Oh, come on, he works at a jet ski place. I wonder if he installed solitaire. You know, without permission. Uh, could it be seeding? Like, I, I wouldn't hate a Miss Minutes game app that after you play for 10 minutes, it's, Miss Minutes starts to corrupt it and it turns, like, into another game entirely. You know, beat the clock. Like, I don't know, something like that. I feel like there's there's a tie-in here. It's a kill screen coming up? Yeah, something. Something like that. Uh, Disney, get in touch. We have more good ideas. Um, as they realize that Miss Minutes is taking over the system here. They run to get Timely from the hot cocoa machine, but he, of course, is gone. Loki and Sylvia are brought up to speed. B-15 adds some updates as well. We are told that the multiplier is ready. Uh, However, of course, they cannot get through the blast doors without Timely, uh, and Loki knows that Renslayer and company are still here. With that, we cut to Brad bringing Timely to Renslayer and Miss Minutes in the War Council room. Uh, a great acting moment here from Jonathan Majors, who pauses, then, of course, is so happy to see uh, Miss Ravona and Miss Minutes here. Um, but he's told that uh, she no longer listens to his lies. Um, he's not quite prepared to talk and is thus risking a painful way of die- dying 
and uh, that gives Timely some new things to consider. Uh, and ultimately, he thinks that they will like what he has to say. Producing the TVA handbook before this conversation, which was an interesting uh, stage acting choice. Loki and Sylvie try to take an elevator, but the door won't open all the way. She wedges herself in, and a security camera watches them before the door shuts in Loki's face. This, of course, Miss Minutes having taken control, and Sylvie tells Loki to take the stairs. Loki from episode 201 is in front of the time loom monitor, and he still has time because the timer is red and not yet green. Miss Minutes stops Sylvie's elevator, but she hotwires it to continue. Uh, past Loki's timer turns green in the hallway and the phone rings again. Sylvie reaches a floor and tries to open the elevator door as Loki arrives with a time stick to see his past self. As Loki pries open the door, she sees Loki prune his past self. It was Loki all along. He promises her it'll make sense. The phone continues to ring, and he answers it to hear OB. Loki explains Miss Minutes is slowing them down, and OB could take her offline if he reboots the system. Mobius encourages him to, but OB points out they'll lose the entire safety system, including security protocols like the dampeners that prevent magic from being used in the TBA. Loki and Sylvie emphatically tell them to turn them off. Pete, I'm not always right with my predictions, but I was so pleased to see that my prediction that it was once future Loki, now present Loki pruning, once present Loki, now past Loki. See, it's easy to follow. Uh, the fact that it was Loki doing the pruning of Loki, I, 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 felt, I felt proud to have called that one uh, in the past. Uh, so minor hooray there. Um, back to the war room we go, uh, where lights are flickering, but Ravona notes that the flickers are different. Miss Minutes is going to investigate. Uh, she's, uh, rebooting, uh, and she needs to tell Victor that, that all of this as the system is going down, but she has one final snarl before she's, uh, down. You'll never be him. Uh, and indeed, Miss Minutes properly rebooted down now. The power dips further, and Brad is off to investigate. He thinks he senses something in the dark and powers on his baton. Uh, again, great direction here because we move towards it, and it's slowly do we start to see Loki there. Um, they're, they're trusting that this audience, even if you're watching on a tiny phone screen, that you that the cinematography can can punch through and so forth. Uh, Loki clearly ready for a rematch, uh, but it's actually a diversionary tactic because Sylvie does the magics to Brad, knocking him out and setting up further twists and turns at our head. Sneaking up to enchant him here. The lights come back up and X5 returns, pulls Renslayer over to the side. Hey, hey I got to tell you something we could tell from the acting. It's not really him. Uh, and then prunes Renslayer 
after Loki and Sylvie arrive to steal Timely back. And then X5 comes back to his senses. Meanwhile, OB has his scanner ready for Timely, who asks if it's safe. Of course, he's not tested it, just like he's not tested the throughput multiplier. But Loki assures him he'll be all right. He places his head in and an automated male voice welcomes he who remains opening those blast doors and shields. OB says it is worse than he thought and they have to move fast asking who it'll be. Loki volunteers but timely says it should be him because something could go wrong and he knows how the throughput multiplier works. OB tells him what to do and wishes him luck as it's time to be brave. Sylvie asks how long they have. Mobius doesn't know about that radiation and the levels, which are worse than when he went. But Sylvie says he'll make it. Timely is suited and ready. The door opens and he's spaghettified to the horror of the others. Indeed, just instantly, something that I was not expecting, something that I think few were expecting. Our heroes are stunned. It's repeated that the radiation was just too high. Timelines start to flare and explode. We just see pure shock in everyone's faces. Again, repeating a tool that we saw at the end of episode 201 where people kind of do the stage freeze of, oh my goodness, and kind of people hold their place for a moment as the camera shows their shock. Loki closes his eyes as the lights flare. We cut to black, get mid-song, get the credits after a pause. I was, it's, it's different post-credits music here. I was convinced, are we going to get a scene? I watched, I watched. Of course, there is no scene. I will say, well, obviously for dramatic purposes, there's no scene because uh, theoretically this is the final episode of anything MCU ever, although I I doubt that's the case, but we can we can live in that for a moment. But I will add that these closing credits are perhaps some of uh, musician Natalie Holt's best music ever as we conclude this one wallop of an episode. Hey! Oh, wow. 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 Oh, man, I feel like wow. Wow, let's blow some minds with some theories. So, Pete, let's consider for a moment, despite the fact that there's two more episodes scheduled, and there's other unmade shows as yet unreleased, let's reflect back reflect back to maybe the best 12 months of the MCU, which was uh, the end of Infinity War, and then you lead into the end of uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, where I know people knew things like, there's going to be a new Spider-Man movie, but yeah, I knew people, you know, everybody kind of in the real world, in your mind, you knew they're not going to stop making Marvel movies. Uh, there's a there's another Avengers movie in a year's time, things of that sort. But you got to live in that willful suspension of disbelief. You got to live in this notion of, oh my goodness, they just killed all these people. Um, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the end. I think of that, you know, the last bit of Ant-Man and the Wasp where it says, Ant-Man and the Wasp will return, then question mark. And everybody in the theater goes, ah, because we're having fun in the... We're taking joy in the hurt that's going on here. I feel that's where we're at right now, which is 
I kind of suspect that maybe in the next two episodes, things will be reset to a point where we can, you know, return to Spider-Man movies and Avengers movies, and we're going to probably still get the Marvels in November and so forth. But for right now, we get to live in the idea that maybe this maybe was the Wonder Man. Maybe not. <laughs> uh, it is true. Not, not, not mentioned in our news portion uh, was that uh, there are rumors that the Wonder Man series that started to shoot that was paused due to the strike that it just might be scrapped entirely. So who knows, Pete? That might be branched. Uh, you know, that branch might be pruned for real. The real question, I think, is: Have we seen the chronological end of the TVA? Um, you know, everything seems to point in this episode that the baton has been passed to B fifteen that uh, Judge Gamble has been convinced by her that she was even effective in getting docs to reconsider her stance, albeit they didn't get the opportunity uh, to not get crushed inside a time cube. Um, I mean, B-15's got a lead, right? So that would tell you we'd need to return to the TBA. Um, but I wonder if again from a linear sense that is the end of the tva and and we will see a reformed reorganized one i i feel like the answer to whatever whatever happens in the next two episodes that the path runs through the end point of where we're headed with the avengers films and with kang and so forth and then of course we pause for a moment and say, is that, you know, in real time, as this Jonathan Majors legal situation is um, unfolding in real time, obviously the show has been made, right? I don't think that, I don't think that the Jonathan Majors case is going to change the outcome of the next two episodes, particularly since the case is now after the next two episodes and so forth. But, you know, we might not be building to, that logical endpoint in three, four, five years' time. Um, I feel like there's just questions galore uh, in that interface between the fictional world and the real world. It is worth keeping in mind, you know, on the one hand, Pete, would you make a movie with a guy who spent a year in prison, who had heroin, cocaine, crack, and a 357 Magnum in his vehicle? Because that was Robert Downey Jr. in the 1990s. So there is... You know, on the one hand, okay, that's drug versus abuse. Like, th there's all of this going on where I can't, if I may, filter through the real world stuff. It it, it impacts me, my ability to say with confidence, well, surely at the end we're still on track for Avengers Kang Dynasty because I don't even know if that's necessarily guaranteed anymore. The saving grace is that the character is a variant and potentially you could bring in anybody to play him. That's that's really what's kept this moving forward. The the longer this drags on, the less good it is. Um, your point about redemption is right. You know, people thought that Downey Jr. was unemployable. And then you, you look at what he's done having found sobriety, um, you know, there's the old uh, love the the sinner, hate the sin. But, you know, when you're accused of, of hitting women, I, I think it is a very, very 
difficult thing to rehabilitate. Now, within within the world of these two remaining episodes of Loki, y- you had imagined, Pete, a, a certain kind of outcome for the TVA, or perhaps perhaps the end of the TVA. Can I propose that based on what we've been told, based on the threat of these branching timelines and so forth, that there does need to be a TVA so that somehow in the next two episodes we're going to get that stability there? You wondered B-15. I wondered, do we see Loki and Sylvie as part of, uh, you know, in charge of it? Or do we see Loki, Sylvie, B-15, and OB and others around the... The, the newly renovated war room table, now a, the, the, the happy room table or something of that sort. Um, because it's worth keeping in mind, as much as there's been that, that uh, at sometimes poor interface between Marvel Studios TV shows and Marvel Studios movies, and all this you know, having come out in the last couple of weeks as well, where they're not always on the same page, you know, Loki probably... Loki and WandaVision, the two most watched shows on, you know, Marvel Studio shows on Disney Plus. Um, Loki, kind of clearly the popular, like winner by popular vote, that sort of thing. Uh, so the potential for us to jump into an Avengers movie and Loki, comma, president of the TVA is there and it kind of like, you know, and to sit and go, well, most of the audience should understand what happened and we'll have a line or two to be like, I thought you died. Well, I came back and now I'm in charge of the TV and I'm here to save your butts. Watch more on Disney Plus, you know. I feel like that's a possibility where maybe we're not going to have Moon Knight all of a sudden show up at the climax of uh, of the next Avengers movie. But So I think there's that as a possibility there that we end up with Loki needing a trajectory out of the next two episodes or through the next two episodes to his future in the movies and so forth. Well, rumors persist the TVA is involved in other projects, and that's where I'll leave it. Um, but it would seem they have plans for it past this show. And, you know, given how important the multiverse is for this phase and what it's, you know, setting up, um, and then the, the trouble with the guy at the center of that um and and what they might need to do to pivot there um yeah i mean it's intertwined how do you see next week's episode opening coming off the heels of you know again i don't really think this is the final the final moments of the marvel cinematic universe and i you know of course there's two more episodes and all these movies and so forth but they know we know it's fake and they know we know that we can live in the reality of oh my goodness it's all gone and there is nothing next week until there is how do you how do you start next week's episode is it chronologically right after the explosion do we start off on some weird tangent you know loki as a boy or something like that what's next i think the question i have is you know did they get blasted back into their lives on the timeline we know that that's coming um there's pictures out there of our actors in different outfits you can kind of piece together based on what you see them in what it might be um there's that shot of loki from the trailer materializing in front of uh, a jet ski dealership 
that's got to be Mobius, right? Um, the the odd obsession with it. Uh, I'd love to see maybe that you know he's been sitting at the TVA these uh, magazines, this interest in it, and maybe he's like just a, a burnout, can't sell a jet ski dealer uh, who wound up having a super important role at the TBA. Um, I think that'd be fun, but I think we're going to find out a lot about our TBA characters in this next episode. I think that structurally that would make sense uh, in a variety of ways. First is we kind of get to we get to live the the echo of the explosion if most of next week's episode is kind of piecing things back together so that you can save the TVA in episode six. Also, if the intel that Jonathan Majors is in three episodes, if if that is correct, and that that was that was one of the more surprising things about the spaghettification there, just in terms of all right, apparently having for three episodes, nowhere on my bingo card was you know, and Victor Timely gets killed off in his, in the second episode. But if you spend if next week is the regroup episode, and then logically the final episode of the season being the uh, the the triumphant battle and success over the uh, over the forces of evil and all of that. You could also get a Jonathan Majors character in there again. Well, I think again variants are in play, but the question is: uh, Is timely finished? The way that they have presented time travel so far, I think timely is finished. In that we've gotten, we have a clear sense of the you know. Uh, what was it, the 1860s, where he gets the book and then his progression without kind of constant monitoring and then the events of the last couple episodes. I mean, they could... Maybe this way. The show already has enough confidence in we, the audience, to not have a Doc Brown chalkboard scene. Here's the regular timeline. Here's a line. Here's 1985A different than 1985 hence biff tannen owning a casino like we don't we have not had those explanation scenes i don't think i think that in this episode where all of a sudden it's just dive into the deep end and all of a sudden tom hiddleston that you see on screen is the tom hiddleston from a different point in the timeline because he's got the the red green indicator you know swim fast keep up um i think that that kind of relates to similarly we can keep track of timely so far i think it would be confusing to be like well we're going to go back five seconds before he's spaghettified and pull him out and i think that then just gets too confusing in a show that has taken us to the edge of confusion but not crossed over it the show continues to hint at a he who remains Renslayer romance the look that she gave him in the recording was not like and i'm your your general boss uh it was a look of awe it it was a look of love well indeed the the place built for them you know built for the two of them yeah yeah so i have to wonder you know when we see what she was on the timeline does one of his variants 
come into contact. You know, we, we've been assuming all along that Victor Timely becomes he who remains. Um, is it somebody else? Is it another variant that becomes that? Certainly the Quantumania post-credit scene with all the Kang variants, if nothing else, a reminder that any one of these can be equally um, dangerous. I also think too of uh, of episode four o oh, pardon me two o three, where a number of times people are telling Timely, "You did this, you did that," and he says, "You know that's not me. I didn't do those things," um, which may lead towards what you're saying, Pete, in terms of. It's not Victor Time. I mean, you know, of course, from from Timely's perspective, he has not yet done those things. Maybe that was the story's way to say, "Hey, in retrospect, when people are saying Timely, or when, when people are implying you will do this, and he's saying I have not done this, or that is not me, maybe that isn't him. Maybe the he who remains origin story comes from somewhere else. Let's not forget. On the one hand, this Victor Timely Chicago stuff is from a branch timeline and was put into play when he who remains knew he was going to die that said this is also the show that does time loops and not more time straight linear stuff so it still could be the snake eating its tail although i think not question mark so he who remains enacted protocol 42 the order 66 to this point of the mcu um 42 of course uh all explain for our listeners matt who may not have listened to looking back at lost and and you know they need to get on that um one of the lost numbers can i get you to some other ones in this episode bring it on absolutely so we're first told about chrono centers 11 29 and 14 being offline well, of course, you don't need a calculator to know that 29 minus 14 equals? Uh, uh, 29 minus 14. Yeah. <laughs> you need a calculator? <laughs> I think I do. 15. Okay. Oh, the that's another lost number. number. Okay. Then take away 11 from 15 gets you? Uh, four. Another lost number. Okay. Uh, 32. Uh, Chrono Center 32. Okay, you reverse that, of course. It's 23. You could also add uh, 8 plus 1, 81, together, get 9, and subtract that, and also get to 23. So we've got 4, we've got 15, we've got 23, we've got 42. Plus, we've got a B15, Matt. <laughs> lost numbers all over this bad boy the only one we did not get was 16 uh i will assume that episode writers eric martin and Catherine blair have i, I mean I, I can only conclude that's there on purpose and that's there as a nod and so forth um yeah whether it's whether it's a sly nod as i think the back to the future model uh nod was or if it's there as part of a larger something that uh, that i don't know i mean i would lean towards it's just a sly you know hey we're doing a time travel thing one of the models one of the pop culture models for time travel is lost in terms of whatever happened happened so you're not 
there are no changes to the timeline. There's just you understanding how the timeline has been, that sort of thing, uh, has been it slash will be. Uh, so time will tell on that. Is Docs done for good? I mean, that sure is what the camera said by not showing any of the mess and by showing Brad looking on in, in slight horror and, and B-15 you know, very much saying, you know, saying through through her her acting, you know, just just the shock at all these dead squished people. I, I I would, I feel like if you wanted to leave a story door open, then you would have needed to show the pile of bodies and perhaps something is still in there, you know, something like that. Versus my mental image is those people got squished so tight that there's that there's nothing left and you know and that's a series wrap for docs is miss minutes going to return i think miss minutes definitely will return um perhaps as a once we have a happy i feel strongly that we're going to have a tva that is managing the timelines and managing the the multiverse in a responsible happy way that we're going to get that at the end of the episode at the end of the season and that miss minutes is a part of that i would even say it would be fun if uh be fun if it's like oh this is good miss minutes let me do this let me do that and maybe we the audience get a little wink from her i'm thinking frankly uh end of roger rabbit style or maybe it's like that you know that that literally looking at the audience giving a nod um something like that to just to just maybe put some malice in there or just to have some fun but i think we we absolutely are going to get more miss minutes so perhaps the dampeners from the security protocols that were taken offline that prevent magic from being used in the tva stay offline and allow for new ways of management I mean, particularly if my vision of, you know, TVA co-presidents uh, or, or co-chair people of the board, Loki and Sylvie, president of uh, of the TVA corporation, B-15, um, I feel like there's a more uh, um, democratic, egalitarian way that the TVA can be run. Uh, and I feel like that's what we're headed to, possibly. Time to hear what you think. Pete, the Twitter poll this week, by the way, uh, speaking of polls, apparently polls are coming to uh, threads. And I could see us maybe, you know, as, as Twitter slowly descends at some point. Slowly. We'll be doing... It's not an end of the TVA situation like the end of this episode. <laughs> um, I know when Did the... We see the end of Twitter in this episode. I, I think that. Twitter will, uh, when Twitter starts to circle the drain faster and faster, I think we're going to see the shutdown day before it's like, like, you know how you hear these stories? Oh, I logged on to my MySpace. It still is. I don't know if MySpace is still there. Um, but I, th- I, I don't think we're going to see, I'm looking right now, MySpace.com. Um, I don't think we're going to see the slow fade out. Uh, MySpace.com still works as a website. I guess you could still log into your thing. Um, I think we're going to see a shutdown. But with when Noel Gardner, who Pete, I feel like is like Noel Gardner is 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 in the background of this podcast like a like a Miss Minutes. I don't know. Um, 
she had said a couple days ago that she just got polls to Twitter and then, or pardon me, polls to threads. And at the point I did not, even though I had updated. So we concluded maybe it's a slow rollout. I see I do have them now. So I'm not saying we're going to, certainly for the, for, for Loki season two, we're not going to stop doing polls on Twitter. But hey, if you interact with us on social media, threads increasingly, you know, the, the, the place to be and all of that. But for now, Pete, the Twitter poll had, uh, Given people an opportunity to vote in pie in regards to this episode. Uh, one slice of pie, the MCU will not return, got 5.9%. Uh, two slices of pie, spaghetti, got 14.7%. Three slices of pie, mind-blowing, also got 14.7%. And then four slices of pie, just in time, got 64.7%. Some re-pies here. Reply, reply. Uh, Andre Yeager uh, had said in reply to my poll that said, you know, well, this episode raises a few questions. He said, raises a few questions. That's the misunderstatement of the year. This was a near perfect episode of television. Miss Minutes is a sociopath. Look in her face when they were handling Doc's team was scary. Best cliffhanger on Disney Plus. Going to sleep for a week. So lots of enthusiasm there. Uh, Andre Yeager, in fact, wondering if the ending of this show had some relation to the ending of the sopranos i think here's the difference are we going to get a resolution on loki pete yes yeah (laughs) unlike say the sopranos um i mean there was a resolution it was uh it was a choice (laughs) it was a that's that's true uh the aforementioned noel gardner at noel camille said well episode four popped off as usual i loved i can tell when it's a benson moorhead episode by the tone the music and sound design were perfect miss minutes is the 2012 loki evil versus evil or worse uh so we're back to the beginning or the end or the end of the beginning mind blown emoji i need some pie uh, next, we heard from Diana Bodenberg, who said, I don't think I've ever been speechless after an episode of Loki. I had to sit there a minute to digest what had happened. First, I had a thought that the final scene was just repeating what Mobius did in that suit. Then, bam, uh, Victor is spaghetti noodles. Um, she goes on to say, uh, I'm wondering, spaghetti noodles in the wind. I'm wondering if Loki and Sylvie will pull a Grogu and use their magic to block everyone in the TVA from the blast. Oh, and Miss Minutes with her creepy smile when the Minutemen and Docs are getting squished. Yikes. Is this the end for our heroes? Will the new Marvel's Marvel movies exist since all the timelines seemingly are gone? I need answers. And Pete, that's the fun there where we can, as I said before, we can live for the next week wondering if maybe this is the end until it turns out there is more. But Pete, your thoughts there. What if magic protects them from the incoming radiation? I don't think it did. I, I think... Um, maybe the magic allows them to return to wherever they were taken from on the timeline. Next tweet from Steve Thurberge, who says, what do we really know about spaghettification? Does it cause variants? I get Miss Minutes motivations, but I can't get uh, past Renslayer's abrupt turn. Or wait, I thought it was a typo. Maybe it's not a typo, Pete. Let me read exactly what Steve put. He asked about spaghettification. Does it cause variants? I get Miss Minutes' motivations, but Steve says, I can't get pasta Renslayer's abrupt turn. (laughs) I guess we'll find out in a week or so. There we go. I almost almost plowed through his great jokes there. Well done, Steve. Well done. Uh, Next, we hear from Eric Pritchard at Coach underscore Pritch, who says, I don't even know where to begin or end. 
Uh, if you're right about Jonathan Majors only in three episodes and he's done till a mid slash post credit scene, uh, really end of Renslayer, those poor Minutemen and Docs and Ms. Minutes was right. Victor will never be he who remains. Hashtag stay fantastic. Penultimately, Pete, pumpkin spice has no pumpkin. That's at KCLYLE1 on Twitter. I was very confused during the episode, so I'm hoping the podcast has some clarification or just wait till next week. But it was a great episode, and that ending was amazing. It's going to be a long week, at least here, where time has meaning. <laughs> I, I, I hope, Pete, that we've lived up to giving some explanations here. Um, yeah, Definitely fingers crossed. Try. <laughs> Last tweet, Pete, comes from at Bike BRH, BRH, who says, just a couple of observations. Sophia Martino has an excellent I'm about to cry face that was on display several times. And Ms. Minutes is a disturbing psychopath. She looked like she was getting sexual pleasure from squishing all those people. Uh, Pete, that is that is a take. That is a take for sure. Yeah, she really seemed to enjoy it. Like you said, the, the animators... Uh, outdid themselves. I'm sure they were made to do it in about 15 seconds. To the email inbox we go, Pete, where we heard from Steve, who says as follows, raising everything to the ground is easy. Fixing what's broken is hard. A perfect reminder to us all that life is sometimes just hard, and that's okay. This was another episode full of twists and turns. The writers are, are doing a great job of keeping us guessing. The deaths of Docs and her people was effective enough, happening off screen. But Miss Minute's pure glee at their agonizing end was so much worse. Is she a bigger problem than Kang itself? Kang at least has some type of personal code of ethics, twisted as it may be. Miss Minutes is just pure evil in my opinion. But she isn't evil because she is immoral, but rather because she is amoral. She, uh, it is going to be very interesting to see where we go with her character, to see how far she will go. Uh, beyond just being a good story, I think that we are getting a good explanation of just how far people will go to achieve their goals, what lines they won't cross. I think Loki ends this season as the new ruler, as the ruler of a new refocused TVA that toes the line between good and evil and makes a certain god of thunder very nervous. We shall see until next time. Stay fantastic. That's from Steve Adams. Thank you for the email, Steve. We'll just have to see how it plays out. Pete, this journey through time made possible by those who support us on patreon.com slash fantastic geek. And Pete, I did just check. We are still going to be running Patreon through next week. So I don't think our universe is ending. Uh, so of course that ongoing support, always a help whether we're talking Loki or other things in the future. So thanks to one and all for keeping us listener supported as we make our podcasts. Everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive content, all sorts of levels to choose from. It takes just a dollar a month to get you through that time door. Uh, can't contribute? Get over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating or a review to any of our 34, soon to be 35, 36 podcasts feeds with skeleton crew and marvel's echo soon to drop and pete let's keep the marvel conversation going how can people be in touch with you on popular social media sites <laughs> you can find me on twitter on threads on blue sky as peter p-i-e-t-e-r-j-k-e-t-e-l-a-a-r twelve thousand six hundred seven hundred followers can't be wrong and while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail, and Threads, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. 
facebook.com slash fantastic geek with the p and the h all one word like it today as mentioned at the top we are back tomorrow to talk lower decks episode 409 and of course back next marvel studios saturday for what one assumes will be the next episode of loki wouldn't it be something pete if we all log in it's just it's (laughs) like don't give them ideas don't give them ideas it's 45 minutes of static uh you never know don't even no and then they're like, ah, because you watched this, now you're signed up for a year of Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Anyhow, Pete, uh, with that, I will say adios to all the listeners and give you the final word. It's been a long road. <laughs>